Well, here we are with another Pac-12 president going on the record that the conference is not about to fall apart. And this one carries more weight than the previous ones. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the ongoing saga that is the latest episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show. Five-star views on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate those as well. So, I've talked a lot in the last couple of weeks about how the Pac-12 front office and George Klyovkov himself has not been talking. It's been very tight-lipped. Not a lot of leaks, not a lot of comments, not a lot of, really a lot of nothing. But I've had a couple presidents go on the record before. Oregon State's president and Washington State's president have both done interviews with uh, various media outlets recently. It was just the the one. I just don't remember what they're, what they're called specifically. But they went on the record talking about how they did not expect the conference to break apart and that they feel like a deal is going to get done and that they do not think the narrative outside of the conference reflects the narrative that is taking place inside the conference. Now, when those comments come out, I thought they were noteworthy because a president was willing to go on the record. However, when you're the president of Oregon State and Washington State, you have a much larger vested interest in projecting strength in the Pac-10, 12, whatever. Pac-12 is what it's probably going to be once they hopefully add San Diego State and SMU, the former of whom I'll be talking about a bit later in the show, and why the Pac-12 is a fan right now of the Aztecs. But again, that comes later, so stick around. When it's somebody else, though, going on the record, it's more notable to me. And that's what we got from Arizona State President Michael Crow, who said a couple of things, one of which about the Pac-12 media rights negotiations. He said, quote, we're close to knowing where we're going to be, and I think we're close to a deal. Okay, I hope. (laughs) I, I hope they're close to a deal. I think that the Pac-12 media rights became more complicated with the departure of USC and UCLA. The media rights became more complicated also, I think he said the same thing twice, but as things always do, because markets go like this. They're up and down, up and down. But we have fabulous sports teams and the remaining teams, we're going to get a good offer. We're in the final stages of that process. So I certainly hope that that is true. I very much hope that that is true, not only so that we can actually break down the deal on the show and no longer have to speculate about it, but because we could just move on from the entire conversation about is the Pac-12 going to fall apart? Now, when asked about going to the Big 12, President Crow said this with regards to the, the report that uh, CBS Sports had, that the Big 12 had renewed contact with the Four Corner schools and that they had picked up in recent weeks. He said, quote, there have been no discussions with the Big 12 conference on moving, Crow said. I mean, there's been discussions between everyone everywhere on all things related to where our conference is going and where stuff's going to end up and what's happening. We are committed to the Pac-12. So I take that as like a half encouraging positive sign as it pertains to how legitimate the interest actually has been between Arizona State just specifically, since that's you know the only school he's going to have that level of information on, and the Big 12. 
because that that se- the second part of that quote is <laughs> like it's almost like he was trying to name drop everything everywhere all at once, which I heard was a good movie, but I didn't see it. Maybe I need to. One best picture. Um, but then again, movies that win best picture are rarely actually that good. Top Gun Maverick should have won. End of end of discussion. So the, the the second part, right? He did go very directly to the point. There have been no discussions with the Big Twelve Conference on moving. But then he says, I mean, there's been discussions between everyone everywhere on all things. <laughs> it's it's a little wishy-washy, but he ends it with, we're committed to the Pac-12, which is what I've thought for a while, that if they'd wanted to go to the Big 12, they could have done that already. They had every opportunity to do so. They decided to not do so. They decided to put their name to a statement committing to the Pac-12. Now the president is going on the record again. And Arizona State's president going on the record carries more weight than Washington State or Arizona, or Washington State, or Oregon State, because ASU, in theory, according to the discussions that we have been having for several months here on the show, have more options available, and they probably would. I think that's a reasonable speculation that if Arizona State wanted to go to the Big 12, they could. Oregon State and Washington State, perhaps not as appealing. Though I recently compared Oregon State to Iowa State, and I stand by that comparison, and I think Washington State is somewhat comparable to Oklahoma State, but, or at least they can be. That, that's a longer conversation, perhaps. But those two schools have a greater vested interest than their other eight, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, in the Pac-12 sticking together. Because their options, should the conference fall apart, are not as plentiful as everybody else. But for those of you who think the Big 12 is going to come for the four corner schools. We've now got negotiations ongoing into the month of March and the Big 12 has not gotten anybody to actually go on record saying they're interested in going to the Big 12. It's just sources here and sources there and indications that this, that, and the other thing. You've got the Colorado athletic director who has said in the past they're not going to go back to the Big 12. Now you have the Arizona State president saying we're not going to the Big 12. We're committed to the Pac-12. You've got the Utah athletic director openly mocking the idea that Utah would be involved in going to the Big 12. And yet some people still think that that's going to happen. Now, could this all just be media fodder to tamper things down? Potentially. But if Arizona State actually had a desire to go to the Big 12, you could very easily make even more open-ended remarks here if you're Michael Crow. You could have really easily been asked a question about going to the Big 12 and said, We'd like to be in the pack, but we're always considering, you know, what options are in the best interests of Arizona State University, and we're waiting on the Pac-12 media deal. I think that'd be a pretty fair comment to make. Would it heighten, you know, people's reactions to those for, for those who think that Arizona State is bound for the Big 12? Maybe a little, but I don't think dramatically. But he made very clear, direct statements here. There was the wishy-washy part. You can make it that what you will. I think he was trying to talk about the Pac-12 and you know what they've been doing as a conference over the last few weeks. But to have the direct lines on the record, this is not leaked audio. He was asked the question, and he answered like this. There have been no discussions with the Big 12 conference on moving. Now, you could just as easily read into that and say, there have been discussions, but they didn't go anywhere. But that still gives us the same end result. And, you know, 50% of you are going to think see it one way, 50% of you are going to see it the other way. And then he closed the comments with, we are committed to the Pac-12. Now, he, he noted something when he was asked about the media rights negotiations, that 
they became more complicated, so complicated that he said that twice. That is, is uh, how, do I, how do I want to put this? I mentioned something recently on the show that I wonder if he's, he's hinting at it there. I will tell you what that is after I tell you about FanDuel because it's the number one sports book in America. March Madness is literally starting today. Oh, yes. But you got to have FanDuel. And FanDuel is also a great place to go bet the NBA, whose regular season is in full swing. You can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So that thing I alluded to earlier is that when you have a streaming partner involved in a big way, as we all expect there to be, myself included, where that hasn't happened before, and you're adding two new schools, you know, he said it got complicated for this. That probably means he's probably referring to two things there. Number one, figuring out the, the value of the TV rights contract is a lot more complicated without the LA market and then trying to make the appeal like, well, how many Pac-12 fans are living in the LA market and we're going to add, you know, San Diego state and we're going to add SMU. Like that probably is a little bit more complicated than normal. Cause remember the big 12 didn't actually negotiate a new deal. They just extended their current deal. The Pac-12 is doing a completely new deal here. Should it be taking this long? Not if they had an, you know, a, a world beating offer on the table, probably not. But I think the other complicated factor is how many details there are to work out. You and I do not know how many things are involved to get a media rights deal put together for all of the sports with every school and assess the markets and gets the value and figure out what games are going to be broadcast where. And, you know, when you have, I, I think that could be one of the things that's, that, that's kind of holding this up is who gets the biggest games. If ESPN and Amazon are your two media rights partners. When Oregon plays Washington or when Oregon plays Utah or when, you know, going forward, Utah plays Washington, games like that, who gets them? That, that I just, I'm just speculating here, but that seems like something that is going to take more time when you have someone like this involved because other conferences have a deal with ESPN, with Fox, with CBS or Notre Dame's is, uh, of course, with NBC, but they have it with those companies, and it's pretty clear that the biggest games go on the linear networks, and then the other games go on the streaming services, ACC Network, SEC Network, Big Ten Network, right? The Big 12's on ESPN+. That stuff, I think, is easier to adjudicate, but if a streaming partner is getting involved in a major way, they may want some of those high-level games and that could be holding up the negotiations. Just a thought. But I think all that does indeed get uh, complicated there. So uh, it's my reaction to the uh, the Michael Crow comments from the other day. A uh, question came in, which you can do as well. YouTube comments, Twitter, at Smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pac-12. DMs and mentions wide open. I need a sip of tea here. <sighs> Got to soothe the throat at all times. Tea over coffee forever and always. Peppermint tea is uh, my tea of choice, by the way. D.F. Aust. Like D.F. and then space, and then he was going to write Austin, but just left out the N. Uh, hi, Spencer. Great show. Appreciate it. I wanted to ask what you think the 
what you think about the influence of the recent bankruptcy of Silicon Valley Bank and more banks imploding for a decent meteorites deal for the Pac-12. I minored in economics in college, but I am not a financial wizard. But speaking generally here, I don't anticipate that having a dramatic effect. No one's really been talking about it. The only way that, you know, banks in the financial sector collapsing or, you know, cratering down to almost nothing could affect the Pac-12 media deal is if the conference or, frankly, I, I think the TV networks are the, the most important, if, if they have their money in those banks. But as I understand it, Silicon Valley Bank was very heavy into tech startups in, you know, kind of the, the Bay Area. And I don't think that ESPN or Amazon, I mean, may, maybe Amazon, they're considered a tech-ish company. I, 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 as I understand it, I have not seen anything to indicate that their bottom lines, that their financial outlook is going to be significantly affected. Now, if the market were to generally go into a downturn, and that's something that President Crow references well, right? He said uh, the media rights became more complicated as things always do because markets go like this. They're up and down, up and down, which, as I said out loud, might be another reason that the Pac-12 is, is waiting here. Maybe they're waiting for the markets to swing back up so that those companies feel better about committing more money to the Pac-12. It's not likely. It's just a, an idea, just a thought that popped into my head as this question came along. But overall, barring a complete and total economic collapse, a la the, the recession of 2008, or you know what happened during COVID with the economy, that I, I don't think is going to affect the number that the Pac-12 is going to, to be able to get here. I could be wrong on that, but I, I don't... I haven't seen anything to indicate otherwise. So at this point in time, that's the mindset I'm going to operate in. Really interesting question. I love the, uh, love the, the news stories of the day coming in, uh, coming in on the show. Another question. Edward Wayner asks, <laughs> I don't know why that word came out so weird, asks, Spencer, do you think the specter of schools bolting to the Big Ten and or the Big 12 is causing the Pac-12 to push harder than normal to get a deal at least close to the Big 12, especially on the linear front? Short answer, no. I don't think that they're looking at, you know, the idea of schools leaving and saying, that's why we need to get a deal. They need to get a deal done because if they don't, schools might be more enticed to leave. But I don't think it's a matter of the schools are currently on the fence and the Pac-12 is pushing hard to try and keep them here because currently their options, as I've talked about for weeks on the show, are not as plentiful as everybody thinks. Like, yeah, any Pac-12 school could decide to go to the Big 12. They could have decided that already, of course, but they haven't. Any school could decide to go to the Big 12 and the Big 12 would 100% take them. But the Big 10 door is not open both ways. That is not a two-way street at this point in time. I think the Pac-12 just wants to get its deal done because obviously you need one to broadcast your athletics and to bring in money for your schools. But those are the primary factors why they want to deal close to the Big 12. I, I think it's to keep their schools competitive financially with the Big 12 so that they're not getting dramatically outclassed you know, monetarily compared to their peers. Because the Pac-12... You know, it, it's an alliance of universities and they have a lot of interests, but on the athletics front, 
they want to be as relevant and as competitive as they can with the conferences who are like them, right? You're not comparing to the Big Ten or the SEC because they're just in a different class. I mean, think about it. You know, if you go down to the G5 ranks, the American Conference is trying to stay above Conference USA, who wants to stay, you know, above or at the same level as the Sun Belt. Those leagues are not trying to compete with the Pac-12 or the Big 12 or anything on that front. They're trying to stay on par with the Mountain West. Because if you want to bring in the best athletes to your conference, you want to attract high-level coaches, and you want to have successful programs and grow the brand of your league and have a lot of success athletically, you need to keep pace. And if the Pac-12 gets too far behind, I mean, they've already been behind for a long time. Let's make that very clear. But... They don't want to go too far behind. So I don't think the desire is we need to get a deal that's worth X amount because if we don't, these schools are just going to go to the Big 12. That's not, that's not their primary consideration. Their primary consideration is we want to get our schools enough money from, from the conference on a revenue distribution standpoint to keep them competitive with those schools so that they can be given the best chance to succeed at a high level and have success on uh, the football field and on the basketball court. So, um, and, and, you know, throwing the Big Ten in there, like, like the Big Ten and SEC are just different caliber. If either of those conferences ever came for a Pac-12 school, yeah, I think they'd bolt tomorrow. And I think they'd be kind of foolish not to. I, well, on the one hand, yes. Um, also, just to clarify, yesterday, uh, Spencer C. McLaughlin Esquire made the case on either side for Oregon to go to the Pac-12, or go to the Big Ten, rather. And personally, I realize I didn't actually lay this out afterwards. I do not want Oregon to go to the Big Ten. No chance. Do, do not want that to happen. I don't want anybody else to leave, but I, as I'm an, I'm an Oregon fan, as many of you know, that is not something that I want. I know a lot of Oregon fans who do desire that. I am not one of those people. I'm a traditionalist, and I don't think the value that the Big Ten gives you is greater than what you are leaving behind. Just that, that's that's kind of my uh, my very condensed thoughts on that matter. We got to get some basketball talk here. Because March Madness is happening as you're listening to or watching the show. And as you're doing that, I am, I don't know, freaking out with excitement. I feel like a kid on Christmas every time March Madness comes around. Like, I love Christmas, don't get me wrong. But if I ever became president, McLaughlin 2040, if I ever became president, the first thing I would do, this is my campaign promise to all of you. Gone is Labor Day, replaced with a two-day workday holiday in the middle of March for the first two days of March Madness. That will be a federal holiday. Nobody should have to work on the first two days of March Madness. It is a crime against humanity. You can't convince me otherwise. It's the greatest thing in the world. Um, but I wanted to answer this question today. As the Pac-12 goes into the tournament with four schools, USC, UCLA, Arizona, and Arizona State. Though I am uh, recording this before uh, Arizona State plays their first four in game against Nevada. So hopefully the Sun Devils have got to win. But success in the tournament for the Pac-12 looks something like this. Get one of your two seeds to the Elite Eight. You get one of your two seeds to the Elite Eight, preferably Arizona. Because UCLA 
every day that you get closer to 2024 is every day that the LA schools have less and less of a Pac-12 association and more and more of a Big Ten association. So though I think UCLA is better poised to make a run to the Final Four, I've actually got the Bruins in my Final Four, I don't I don't think the Pac-12, if they were to give you an honest comment on that front, they'd say, well, we support all our schools and we want them to do well. Yeah, yeah, of course. But get at least one of those two seeds to the Elite Eight. I don't know if Arizona could get past Alabama. I think that they need somebody else to help them out on that front. But hey, it's March. Madness happens and help is often given to those who hold their own. It's true in college football as well. But get at least one team to the Elite Eight and another team to the Sweet 16. If you could get I think the perfect scenario for the Pac-12 in terms of coming out of the tournament with the strongest possible basket, strongest possible basketball brand going forward, which I do care about. It's not everything, right? But it is worth something in the media rights negotiations. I think you have Arizona, the Elite Eight, Arizona State make a run to the Sweet 16, USC and UCLA. One of them get to the Sweet 16 just because in the immediacy, eh, you know, it kicks kicks back some money for the conference and whatnot. Looks good on that front, but. The last team I want to talk about is San Diego State, who are a popular upset pick in the first round. Not in this guy's bracket. I'm riding with the Aztecs. If you look at USC and UCLA, and you say, those are Big Ten teams. It's not, okay. Well, I anticipate San Diego State's about to be a member of the pack. So that means we got to be pulling for the Aztecs as Pac-12 fans. A lot of people like them to lose to Charleston in the first round. Charleston's won 31 games this year in the what, Colonial, maybe? Don't remember. But I'm going with the Aztecs there. I don't know if they can get to the Sweet 16. But San Diego State, the greatest value they provide immediately, number one, access to Southern California. But number two, it's their basketball team. Because Pac-12 basketball is down in a bad way. And when you're losing UCLA, that's a tough blow. USC hurts as, as well, but not as much as losing UCLA. And San Diego State basketball could contend right away. And if they make a run to the Sweet 16, and Mountain West teams have had a tough time in, in, in March Madness over the last several years, so hopefully they can buck that trend. But if San Diego, San Diego State makes a run to the Sweet 16 and just continues to build that brand from a basketball standpoint, I think it'd be a great look for the Pac-12. Because I anticipate that that's one of the schools they are going to add along with SMU. His basketball team struggled this year, but you know SMU is the better football edition. San Diego State's the better basketball edition, assuming we uh, we hear word on that front. But enjoy the madness, everybody. You know I will be. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time, and have a wonderful rest of your day.